All right. Welcome to episode 56 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite bands of all time. I want to give some insight, little revelations into one of my favorite bands of all time. Wasp. I'm sure you've heard of them, but if you haven't, this is going to be an introduction or maybe a reintroduction to Wasp. Now, Wasp is still around to this day. Obviously, they don't do a whole lot. They're with the state of the world, they're not touring, they're not doing anything like that. They haven't released an album in a few years, but they've still been releasing albums pretty consistently ever since they started. There's been some slower times, but they've been very consistent. Now, once I got past the stage of my life where I was listening to things like Huey Lewis and the News, uh, Purple Rain by Prince, the Thompson Twins, once I got through that part of my musical life, I remember you know, when I started getting into the heavier stuff, things like Twisted Sister. Things like Quiet Riot. I remember those. I think those are kind of introductions to harder rock for me. And I remember my cousin making me a couple of cassettes where he recorded some albums, some LP vinyl records onto cassette for me. And what I remember was having getting two cassettes from him. One of them contained two Motley Crue albums. Shout at the Devil and Theater of Pain, and the other one contained Invasion of Your Privacy by Rat, and the other side was the self-titled debut album by Wasp. Now, these are the first four I remember him recording. I know I probably had Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister, Condition Critical by Quiet Riot, um... But I'm sure of this fact. As of right now, there's only two of these albums that I even have uh, in my iTunes that are on my phone to be able to be listened to. But only one of these albums is from a band that is still a band that I love. And of course, that's Wasp. The first album they put out, if you haven't ever heard it, I'm going to give you a good introduction to it. The the little intro music that you just heard was from that album, from their very first album, and it's called Hellion. But I'm going to play about some snippets of about five different songs. I'm going to play songs through their first four albums and give you a little taste of, and these are all songs that I love by Wasp. Some of them are the more popular songs, but they're all incredible, incredible songs. They're all great. So the first thing I'm going to play for you is I'm guessing the very first song I ever heard by Wasp when I put that cassette in and hit play. And from the day I heard it, I was drawn in and hooked. I I was, and I've been hooked ever since. These guys, obviously, there's some things that I don't love by them. They have a couple of albums that I'm not super hip on. But by and by, by and large, they've put out 
a continual onslaught of great music. And like I said, this is the first thing I ever heard. This is the first thing that I heard that just hooked me in. And when you hear this, if you've never heard Wasp before, and this is the first thing you ever hear, be prepared to be hooked and reeled in and thrown into the boat because you're going to be loving this band. This is I Want to Be Something. I've always loved that song ever since the first time I heard it. It's it's an anthem. When you're young, you want to be somebody. You think of yourself as, at least coming from a United States perspective, you know, you think, I'm, I'm going to be somebody. I'm, I want to grow up and I want to be famous. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be a professional athlete or whatever the case may be, but you, you have these aspirations and and that song is, it's very relatable. I want to be somebody. Now the next song is song number two and it's super, super catchy. It's when I think of albums and I think of a one, two punch to kick off an album it, you know, there's there's plenty of albums that have great, great, great one-two punches. Like, say something like Brave New World has Wicker Man and Ghost of the Navigator. That's a really great one-two punch. But you can't ever say, oh, this is the best one-two punch ever. But this is an incredible one-two punch. So the next song is... And, and Wasp, not only do they have a period between each of the letters in their name, you know, W-A-S-P. The next song has 
periods between each letter of the first word. And then there's another song I'm going to play that has periods between each letter. So another, the, the, the second song that just kills on this album, just a killer, killer one-two punch, Love Machine. Now, I don't remember exactly when I became a fan of Wasp. I know it was really early on. I know it was before the second album came out. So I always say that I was a fan from the very beginning and maybe not the very, 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 very beginning, but very close to the beginning is the way I look at it. I've been a fan since I got into them when the first album was out. So I look at that as I've been there the whole time, mostly the whole time. But either way, besides, but uh, not besides, by the time the second album, The Last Command came out, I was a full-fledged fan. And I remember having this cassette. I remember, matter of fact, I believe I got this cassette from the same guy. Man, this is funny. The same guy that I got the Live After Death cassette from. And I can remember the day that I got it, we had some kind of tests in my history class, and I'm guessing it was seventh grade. I remember sitting at my desk, test already done, sitting at my desk, having the cassette. You know, I opened up the lyric sheet, and I'm looking through the lyrics, and I'm reading the lyrics and reading everything, because that's what you did. And then I remember the teacher coming over to my desk and taking it from me. Like, you're not supposed to have that out. So she took it, put it in her desk. And I'm going, you know, I just bought this from this guy. Or I don't know, maybe I wrote another paper. I can't remember. I need to find that guy. His name is Michael Ward. That was his name. But anyways, she took my cassette and I don't know what was going on. I think it might've been the, you know, one of the last days of the the semester or something along those lines. And I just remember during class, you know, there was people up and moving around and everything. This may be a little reminiscent of the story Brandon told about the principal, I think taking the live after death videotape or something like that. 
and how they got it back. But I just remember being in class and being, you know, pretty irritated that I didn't have this cassette that I wanted, that I'd bought or whatever from this guy. Didn't even have a chance to take it home and listen to it. <clears throat> so I just remember I'm sitting at my desk and I was probably depressed. I don't know. I was probably mad, whatever. And then I just remember this guy walks up. <laughs> And hands me the cassette. Like, I guess he had just went and gotten it out of her desk. And I just remember putting it in my backpack or my folder or whatever and, and leaving. And I never, ever once heard anything from that teacher. I never heard, hey, what happened to that album there? What happened to that cassette? Never heard anything. But I'm going to play you the first song I ever heard from that album. Another, this is another one of their singles. And this is a... It's an incredible song. It's it's very catchy. It's, I mean, another killer, killer start to an album. So this is probably a summation of a lot of us. Because I know when I was young, I was most certainly a wild child. It's really crazy listening to Blackie Lawless sing because he's got this really, really intense voice. Uh, it's also it's very passionate voice, but it's very intense. It's it's a voice that my wife once described to me when I let her hear him as she said, this is exactly what she said to me when I said, what do you think of this guy's voice? And she listens for a minute. And she goes, it sounds like he's in pain. <laughs> so um, and I can under, I can understand that that mindset a little bit, but. This album, this tour that they were on, they they opened for Kiss. And this is the one chance that I ever had to see Wasp with Blackie Lawless as a bass player. With Randy Piper on guitar. With, well, heck, with, even with Steve Riley in the band. Because the first time I got to see Wasp, the only time I got to see Wasp, uh, Steve Riley was no longer in the band. And... Neither was Randy Piper. So 
I, I, I've said before and I'll say it again. I'm still mad at my mom for not letting me go with my cousin and his dad to go to this concert. Like, I mean, I'm going to have, you know, adult supervision. I'm going to be, yeah, sure. I'm going to be at a heavy metal rock concert in 1986. Big deal. I mean, I was 13 or 14 years old at the time. I mean, who cares? And also I would have gotten to see kiss on the asylum tour, which, you know, they were wearing terrible outfits, but asylum was a great album. And, would have been awesome to go to that too. I mean, the Kiss was my favorite band at the time, and Wasp was right up there with them. So, I mean, you can't, you don't get very many chances, at least, you know, I don't think so. You don't get a lot of chances in life to see two of your absolute favorite bands together. And I got that chance, and my parents didn't let me go. So, uh, so, anyways, let's go and play another song from The Last Command. This is a, uh, this is a song about something that a lot of people are interested in and uh, something we're all chasing at different times in our life. We're all chasing that fistful of diamonds. Ammunition to his eighth month Now, the next album that Wasp put out was called Inside the Electric Circus. It is the first album that Blackie Lawless was a rhythm guitar player. Uh, Randy Piper, who played on the first two albums, was no longer in the band. Uh, he was replaced by Blackie Lawless. As far as on his guitar duties, uh, Randy Piper did background vocals, too. So they ended up getting a new bass player, which was Johnny Rod. And Chris Holmes became the full-time lead guitar player. He wasn't splitting lead guitar duties with uh, Randy Piper anymore. And in my personal opinion, Inside the Electric Circus was the first album. It was where Wasp seemed like they got their most glammed up. And it was the first album of the first three, obviously. There's only three. But it was the first of the three 
that didn't have, well, I guess Inside the Electric Circus is a pretty good opener, but it's not Wild Child or I Want to Be Somebody. And song output-wise, this is the first album that really seemed like it was heading in the wrong direction, at least even to me as a, this came out in around 87. So I was 14 or 15 when this album came out. And um, I just remember not liking even some of these songs that were overly, overly sexualized songs like um, a couple in particular, nine, five nasty and shoot from the hip. I just, even, even all those years ago, I thought those were not good and they were just too much. And I, I, I don't have a problem with songs that are sexual in nature, but when it gets to that, you know, when it gets to a certain level, I just, it just, it's, it's just not what I want. It's just not what I want. So this album kind of, I still liked Wasp, but I definitely was not into the album nearly as much as I was the first two. But there are some great songs on this uh, on this album. And the first great song I'm going to play for you right now, it is a cover song. There's about, there's two or three, there's a couple cover songs I'm going to play off this album for you. The first one I'm going to play for you, though, is called I Don't Need No Doctor. And I had always heard that this was by Ashford and Simpson. But just doing a little research, it was covered by Ashford and Simpson, and it was a song by Ray Charles. So I think we should hear what the original song sounded like and then hear uh, how it evolved probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 years later when Wasp did it. So let's do that.
So let's just make this a, a nice round number of three, and let's see what this song sounded like when it was played live on tour. And I'm sure this was probably, no pun intended, nah, pun intended, I'm sure this song was doctored up in the studio, so they probably did need a doctor in the studio, but they didn't need no doctor when they played this live. So I believe that we've all gotten our prescription filled from the doctor, right? We've gotten plenty. We know what the original sounded like. We know what the original Wasp one sounded like. And we know what the live version sounded like. Like I said about Inside the Electric Circus, it's really, to me, one of their lower tier albums. And that considered... There's still some great songs on it. And the next song I'm going to play you is one of my absolute favorites. It's very melodic. It's um, it's it's a little on the softer side of what's on the album, even though it's not a soft song. Um, this is one of my absolute favorites. It's titled Restless Gypsy. <laughs>
Okay, well, so far, you have heard I Want to Be Somebody and Love Machine, both from the first self-titled Wasp album, debut album. The next couple of songs you heard were from the second album, The Last Command. You heard Wild Child and Fistful of Diamonds. The next two songs you heard, well, you heard Ray Charles's version of I Don't Need No Doctor, but we heard I Don't Need No Doctor and we heard Restless Gypsy from Inside the Electric Circus. Now, after Inside the Electric Circus, Wasp put out a live album called Live in the Raw. And after that, which would have been around 87, because I, I think I said earlier the in, Inside the Electric Circus was 87, but it was it came out in 86. So Live in the Raw came out in 87, and music at that point... If you were around back then, you would you'll definitely remember this. But it was what it was the height of like glam rock, glam metal, where people's hair was teased up to the nines, and they dressed very, uh, very effeminate. I guess would only you know probably the best way. You know the guys walking around wearing the makeup, and Wasp was right in this boat. But I believe that, you know, when you see interviews from Blackie Lawless in that time, he talks about it was a tired band, made a tired album. And in a way, you really can hear that. When you listen to Inside the Electric Circus, you can tell. You can tell that the quality isn't there, in, at least to me. And Wasp took a year off. They kind of regrouped, and Blackie decided that it was time to get serious and make a change. And it was really good because the – the way the music started changing, it, it just the style that Wasp jumped into a little earlier than a lot of other bands, it, it really helped. So they really saved themselves doing that. But I'm going to play you a couple of songs from that album that came out next, which was called The Headless Children, which is much heavier album than than um, its predecessor. So. The first thing I'm going to play you is a song, which is, oddly enough, it's another cover song. It is called The Real Me. Now, this song was done originally by The Who, and personally, I'm not a fan of The Who. Blackie Lawless is a huge fan of The Who, but I've never been a fan of The Who, and I'm sure this might freak somebody out, but I've never heard the original song, so I have it downloaded and we are going to hear what the original sounds like and then you're going to hear what i'm just going to say is a better version by wasp <laughs> so here we go
following a trend that I have uh, done pretty much every time I play some songs for you. I'm going to jump back into this song because I think Blackie Lawless's vocals just sound really, really, really incredible. He just sounds so awesome. And and I have to say this too. I really didn't mind the way that version by The Who sounded. I liked the fact that they had horns in there and the bass playing was all over the place. Um, Wasp did a pretty true version of the song. So I really liked it. Let, let me let you hear this though. Blackie Lawless sounds better as a vocalist to me. Much better. So listen to this. Okay, first things first, that vocal from Blackie is, oh man, that is just is what I love about that guy. When he, he just has these, like I said, his vocals are intense, but they're very passionate at the same time. And I mean, you can, you, you feel like he means what he's singing and I love that. And something else I just learned apparently, and maybe you knew this already, but there's a part where, um, in the real me, I'm trying to think of the vocals on it, um, uh, where he right before the chorus where you hear um, the the lead singer of The Who go, woo, can you see the real me? And Blackie does that on that song too. And if you listen throughout the history of Wasp, Blackie Lawless does that a lot in a lot of different songs. Um, I wish I had time to put together just a playlist of all the woos he does because it always cracks me up when he does it. It's, it's, it's almost predictable when he does it, but it's just a, it's a, uh, it's definitely a trait that he has at this point. He had to have gotten that from, I, I think the lead singer's name is Roger Daltrey. He had to have gotten that from Roger Daltrey uh, because having it in that song and knowing that they were one of his biggest influence definitely means something. It means it, well, it just tells you something, not means something. But now the next song I'm going to play for you is another song from the Headless Children. And it's another, this song is about, about drugs. It's about somebody that's addicted to drugs and drugs just completely takes over their life. And this is another incredible song from an incredible album, The Headless Children. This song is called Thunderhead.
Now, there's another part in this song where you get to kind of hear this man whose God is drugs. You get to hear the drugs talking to him and how he basically responds to it. And it's it's pretty telling. It's The older you get, you hear about things, you know, you hear about people that are addicted to things and how it just takes over their life. And I can only imagine that there was some amount of this that Blackie Lawless had to have seen to cause him to write this song. Probably, I don't know how much of it was personal experience, but I'm sure he had some firsthand uh, upfront seeing of it. So I'm going to play a little bit of that for you real quick. Okay, well, now we're going to jump back into the time machine and go back to 1984 to the debut album by Wasp. We are going to hear another track, another two tracks, actually, from that album. And the next one we are going to hear is called B.A.D. And in the chorus, he says, B.A.D., bad, make your mom and daddy say. And I'm pretty sure my mom and daddy said that I was B.A.D. quite a bit, so... Here's another one you're going to enjoy. B-A-D. Bad.
Now, if you're from the United States, then you will know the lyrics to this next part of the album. If you're from the United States, then you got to say these lyrics every morning before school. And this leads into a song that pretty much sums up my feelings about school when I was during my school days. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, in a move that maybe you're guessing already is about to happen, I'm going to skip up to the next album, The Last Command, and play you the fourth track from that album. It's a song that I always liked growing up. It's basically about a guy who's looking to exact revenge, I believe because his uh, better half was killed, something along those lines. So enjoy the soft, soothing sounds of Jack Action.
hope you have enjoyed what you've heard so far. I've got another song from The Last Command. It's the title track from the album, The Last Command. And this is also going to be the last song you hear from The Last Command. So I hope you enjoy this one. Here we go. when I spoke about Inside the Electric Circus, I wasn't very friendly of it, but I've got a couple more songs I'm going to play from it right now that I absolutely love. The first one is a deep cut that you would have never heard live. To my knowledge, they never played it live, but it is a killer song. And if you like Wasp, if you like what you've heard so far, um, you're really going to like this one. So this song is called I'm alive, so listen and enjoy this.
I've got to say that song is probably that's got to be one of my top ten favorite Wasp songs, and just it's probably because I'm hearing it right now. But I really, really like that one. That is a standout. That is a killer, killer song. Um, I said I was going to play two more, but I've got actually uh, three more total on this album. Of course, one of them was "I'm Alive," so I've got two more after that. And this one is actually the it's actually tracks seven, eight, and nine. "I'm Alive" was track seven. Track eight is called "Easy Living," "Easy Living," and it's another cover song. Surprise, surprise. And I'm going to play you a bit of the original, which is by a band that I'm somewhat familiar with but not overly familiar with uh called uriah heap but we're going to listen to the original version of easy living and then we're going to go straight into wasp's version of easy living so here we go Okay, a few things here right off the top. First of all, Easy Living by Uriah Heep. I like that. That's really good. I've never heard that before, and uh, it makes me want to check them out, give them a, a shot, see what more of their stuff sounds like. That song originally came out in 1972. Now, something else I noticed listening to it was, or I'm sorry, listening to the Wasp version I noticed there were a little bit of the organy, some organs up in the beginning of it. Not not really loud, but I noticed them up there, and I've never heard them before. And 
Really cool. Really cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked the song a lot. Um, now, the next song I'm going to play for you is the last song I'm going to play for you from Inside the Electric Circus. And it is another good one. It is called Sweet Cheetah. And it's one that I've always liked. It's another deep cut that they've never, ever played live. So here it is, Sweet Cheetah. What a great song. That song compared to they're compared to some of the other songs on that album. There's some really high levels that that album hits. And then there's some really low levels and that's one of the high levels. I, I really like that song a lot. So surprise, we're going to the next album, which we've already played two songs of. I've got a couple more for you. With a funny, uh, kind of a funny story for one of them. But um, the first song, and it's, like I said, it's so crazy when you go and, and, and listen to these songs from Inside the Electric Circus and then imagine how much of a serious turn they took on the Headless Children. So the song I'm going to play you is called The Neutron Bomber. Neutron Ronnie. It's a great song. It's not called Neutron Ronnie, but... Well, you'll hear. So check out Neutron, eh, the Neutron Bomber, the Neutron Bomber, the, does everybody like that old Texas, the, the Neutron Bomber. So here it is. (laughs) 
Okay, so far, I haven't played any ballads. One thing that Blackie Lawless is great at is writing ballads. You wouldn't think with his vocal style that a ballad would be the... It just doesn't seem like it would be the best thing. But man, this guy can write a ballad and sing it, and it, it, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. So you're going to hear one now. The Headless Children has one ballad on it. It's called Forever Free. And this song, almost any time I hear it, kind of evokes this this memory <laughs> that I have. It involves a girl that I was dating. Um, probably, I guess I'd have to say this would have been back in 1993. I was dating a girl for a while, then we broke up. She broke up. I didn't break up. She broke up. And we had gotten back together and we're talking and she, you know, more or less, I, it was me trying to convince her, you know, let's get back together. Let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. And she had a boyfriend. I didn't have a girlfriend. And I think, you know, she was really torn. She wanted to, but she, I don't know. I really not sure the dynamics of what was going on with the other guy, but and I never was a guy to try to uh, make someone break up, but I had dated her for a little while. Then I think she had broke up with one guy and then she was dating me and then she went back to him. And I'm not exactly sure why either way. So we, we were talking and I remember we were sitting in my truck and we were discussing things or talking or whatever. And I just said, I'm going to play this song. I want you to hear this song. And she was, she was a rock and roll. She was a rock and roller. So, so I played this song forever free and I'll probably split this up into a couple pieces, but there's this part that, um, where, where he says forever in my heart, it was just forever in my heart, a fire, a fire burning. I wake up nights and hear her crying, crying my name. And I just remember this girl was sitting there and I mean, she was obviously torn, but I just remember she was just kind of pounding her fist on her leg or on the door. She was just like, like it almost like she was upset, you know, like struggling with the decision or whatever. And, and I remember I'm just sitting there and I'm little, it was a little awkward for me, but I mean, I had, it was back whenever I still had a nice stereo and it was all cranked up really, really loud and, you know, forever freeze a great song. Cause it's a ballad. And then it builds into a good rocking song as well. So I'm going to play a couple parts of the song here. I'll I'll fade one and then fade right into the next one. But that's kind of the little funny story I thought about uh, that always I always remember that when I listen to this song. So listen to this, the uh the smooth sounds, the uh the killer song Forever Free from the Headless Children. <laughs>
Oh, man. Blackie Lawless is such a great vocalist. I don't know how he pulls it off live. I don't know how he can pull that off live. His just the intensity of his vocals. It just seems like it would be hard. I don't know how a person could keep their voice, but obviously it's a, it's a gift from God, you know, but man, he sounds so great. When I listen to that, when I hear stuff like that, I think he's got to be in my top five vocalists of all time. I mean, I know Bruce Dickinson's there and I know Rob Halford's there. He's got to be there. Uh, Blackie Lawless has got to be there. Who else would be there? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of people out there, but I hope that you enjoyed that. I meant to break it up, but I realized at the end of the softer part that the part that I was talking about was that was about to kick in. And I just said, you know what? Let's just go with it here. Let's just hear it. So I hope that you have enjoyed this. I hope you've enjoyed hearing all these different songs. If you've never heard these songs, I'll just give you this. You're welcome. Because I know you appreciate this. This is these song. There's so many great songs here. So many great songs, and the Wasp catalog is littered with great songs, great deep cuts, all over the place. And there's different styles. I'm only hitting the first four studio albums at this point, and I definitely plan to do another one of these with more. At least, at least a part two, and I don't know. It might take a part three to go through a whole bunch of more of these albums. And there are certain things I'm not going to play that I just won't be able to get on here for uh, reasons that are, you know, whatever. And either way, I wanted to just share this. I've, I've, it's been on my heart to want to share these songs, and because I love them. I, I mean, like I said, I've been a fan of Wasp since. 1985, I'm guessing. I don't know if it was 84. I'd have, I don't have, I can't remember well enough, but I think it would have been 85. I've just been loving this band for a really, really, really long time. And even you come all the way up to their album, their most recent album, Golgotha, which came out in the last few years. And there's phenomenal, there's, there's great songs on there too. It just, it's amazing to think that, you know, 30 plus years into a career, they're still putting out great music. That's something I love about Iron Maiden, too. So I'm going to play one more song for you. Another ballad. Another incredible ballad. Just this is it wasn't my plan to quite do it, have two ballads to end this. But this is uh, one of their I say one of their best ballads, but all of their ballads are really good. So here's another phenomenal ballad. From the very first album, this song is called Sleeping in the Fire. I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you find something you like that you've never heard before, please let me know. Send me an email. Ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Or send me a private message on Twitter or however. Email's preferred, but Twitter works good too. So send me a message. I would love to hear it. I'd love to hear it if I introduce you to some songs by Wasp because, like I said, they're definitely in my top bands of all time. So with that, good night. Mm-hmm.